This message was presented at the GYC 2011 conference. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Lord, we want to ask that as we open your word, that you would once again speak to us, Lord. That you would help us to catch a glimpse of your character. And Lord, that you would indeed change us into your image. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, So, Second Corinthians 13, 8. Simple verse. It says, we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. We can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. I like the fact that God, um, God's word accomplishes what it says it will accomplish. Amen? Um, and even when the devil does all that he, that he tries to do, God's word still stands fast. Amen? We can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. I want to open up uh, with just laying the foundation, laying the foundation of uh, evolution. What is evolution? Now, I want to let you know that you are not here to hear a talk on science, so don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to you know, attempt to speak over your heads, but I want to put this in a simpler way as I can. Evolution is a concept that out of chaos comes what? Order over long periods of time. Um, <clears throat> there is also involved in the concept of evolution uh, the theory that humans evolved from lower life forms or that apes and men share a, uh, a common ancestor. Okay, so you've evolved from animals um, and uh, this over long periods of time. Number three, there's a concept of adaptation that teaches that certain species survive based on their ability to adapt to their surroundings. Um, You've heard the term survival of the what? The fittest. Fitness being um, their ability to adapt to that particular environment. And number four uh, is the concept that the evolutionary process lasts as long as life lasts. As long as this world lasts, uh, we will continue to evolve. Although I've, um, I've read something very interesting the other day that uh, there are some scientists who believe that humans have stopped evolving. <laughs> Isn't that good news? We've reached our max. Uh, Everything else will continue to evolve, but we, just coincidentally, have uh, reached our... No more fingers, that's it. Ten fingers, ten toes, we're we're pretty good. Um, So, the faith of an evolutionist is pretty strong, wouldn't you agree? Because uh, they they are depending upon faith to believe uh, something in which there is no what? No evidence for, really. Um, But their faith is to be admired. Like if Christians had the faith of evolutionists, it turned this world upside down. (laughs) Um, Evolution, how many of you believe that evolution is is a counterfeit of creation? See your hands. Evolution is a counterfeit of creation. I mean, it's obviously something that the devil is using to uh, supplant creation. Let me say it again. Evolution is a counterfeit of creation. Um, I want to challenge that notion that evolution is a counterfeit of creation. Um, I don't believe that evolution is a counterfeit of creation. Um, Let me read to you the definition of a counterfeit. Are you ready? Uh, To counterfeit means to illegally imitate something. Counterfeit products are often produced with the intent to take advantage of the superior value of the imitated product. 
So in order for a counterfeit to be a counterfeit, it has to look like the genuine. Um, is there any such thing as a counterfeit $6 bill? <laughs> no, because there's not a genuine $6 bill, right? So you couldn't call that a counterfeit. Um, but there is such a thing as a counterfeit $10 bill, right? Or a counterfeit $1 bill. It's because it looks almost like the real thing. Now, how many of you realize that evolution and creation are two totally different concepts, right? So, so evolution, uh, even though it is a counterfeit, it is not a counterfeit of creation. So if you're with me so far, let me see your hands. Okay, I know that's kind of scary because we're, you know, we're, oh, evolution is a counterfeit. No, evolution is of the devil. Believe, yes, yes, we agree. But all I'm saying is that it is not a counterfeit of creation. Creation says one thing. Evolution says something totally different. Are you with me? All right, so um, I do believe that evolution is a counterfeit, though. The question is, a counterfeit of what? The devil is not... um, He does not come up with things on his own. Wherever you find a counterfeit, there must be a genuine. Uh, The devil is not creative. Did you know that? He's not creative. So the question is, what is evolution a counterfeit of? And to answer that question, I'd like to take you first to the book of Psalm 33, verse 6 and verse 9. I want to take a look at creation very quickly. Psalm 33. Psalm 33, verse 6. When you get there, say amen. The Bible says here, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Now notice verse 9. For he spake, and it was what? It was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Now this is what we call the creative word of God. Amen? God spoke and what happened? It happened. Right then and there. There was no time, no gap in between. God spoke and it was so. How many of you appreciate the creative word of God? Amen. You see in creation, everything that God did, he speaks and it was so. He speaks and it was so. He speaks and it was so. And so we find that the, 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 the word of God has this creative element that when God speaks, things come right into existence. So, <clears throat> something happened though There was a change that occurred in the book of Genesis, and you know the change. Uh, Adam and Eve did something. What did they do? They sinned. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man had sinned, and now man needed to be saved. Amen? And and so the question is, how was man to be saved? And I want you to go with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what did God use? What would God use? What was the vehicle he would use to bring salvation? It's called the gospel. Are you with me so far? Okay. Verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from what? Faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. By faith. So what is it that brings us back into a just relationship with God? You and I must have 
faith. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, the question is, why do we need faith? And what is faith? What is faith? Now, when I ask the question, what is faith? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? What verse comes to mind? Hebrews 11. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, If we were to rephrase that, we might say that... uh, It is the assurance of things hoped for or the conviction of things not seen. Are you with me? So so faith is is knowing that, that God has said something and what? We should live by that thing that he said, right? That is faith. Faith is 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 Knowing that God has spoken and that his word is what? It's true. Man, I love the looks of uh, confusion I'm seeing on your faces right now. You're like, where is this going, Pastor? <laughs> oh, I just love the intrigue. Anyway. All right. So, so um, that's what faith is. Faith is the assurance and the conviction of things not seen. Or things that have not yet come to pass. Faith is the assurance of things that God has spoken but have not yet come to pass. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> Romans 10. Romans 10. How does one get faith? How does one get faith? Romans 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. Now remember, before we read this, let's remember that that we saw that the definition of faith is that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. Right? Not seen. Now, notice how we get faith. Romans 10, verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing, or let's rephrase that. Faith comes by not seeing, but by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the just shall live by Faith, the just walk by faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When God created, he spoke, and it was, it was done. That was it. However, when man sinned, it, something strange happened. It seemed now like when God spoke, things instead of... (laughs) Instead of... There we are, right there. God spoke and it happens. Now it seems like long ages of time. Long periods of time before what was spoken comes to pass. Now, to me that sounds like, by the way, what what does it mean to evolve? It means to change. It means things kind of, you know, Situations change and things change. The word simply means 
to change. It means it goes through stages to get to a particular place. So, so what I'm saying is, it appears that before sin, there was the creative word of God. But after sin, it seems like the word of God takes on this evolutionary principle. Put your stones down. Think with me principle. The principle of evolution is that order comes out of chaos and over long periods of time. Could it be that when God speaks and he says, listen, I'm going to do something in your life and you're looking and you're going, but I don't see it. All I see is chaos. That God is saying, do you trust? Do you have... Okay, now now let's pause right there. How does faith come? Not by... Now, if you and I were back in creation, right? And we were there to watch God create. Here's what we would have seen. We would have seen God say, let there be light. Right? Now, would any of us have had to exercise faith when God said that? Like, will light come or will it not? We have to do that? No, because as soon as God said it and the words were registering in our minds, we would also have seen what? Light come to pass right before our eyes. There's no need for faith because you're what? You're seeing. Immediately. Right there. But now, God speaks. I'm going to save you from that sin problem. I'm going to save you out of this situation. Come on. (laughs) Don't worry, I promise you. Things are going to be okay, I promise you. And what do you ask? God, why aren't you doing this now? Could it be because God is trying to, or might I say the Spirit of God, is trying to teach you what faith really is. And the only way that he can teach you what faith really is, is for you to have to trust what you hear. What you hear from, not from people, but from what? The Word of God. Pamphlet 149, page 57. We read here, The carnal mind rejects the truth, but the soul that is converted undergoes a marvelous change. Okay, I'll try that again. A marvelous change. What is change? The book that was unattractive because it reveals truth testifies against the sinner to the converted heart becomes the food of the soul, consolation and the joy of life. The eyes anointed with spiritual discernment behold new beauties in the word of God and see that the inspired words of the scripture are especially adapted to the needs of the soul. Once sin entered, the word of God adapted to the needs of the soul. What are the needs of the soul? It's faith. So now, beloved, God would speak, but he would not allow what he spoke to do what? Come to pass right then and there. Why? Because now you and I needed to exercise faith. So God had to allow his word to be spoken, and then he just sits back. Are you going to trust my word? Are you going to trust my word? You see, beloved, the Spirit of God wants to teach us how to trust in God, even though it seems like long periods of time. Let me ask you a question. Any of you have ever 
held on to a promise of God and, God, you said you were going to do this, and it's 10 years now. <laughs> huh? You want God to do something when? Now. Do it now, God. Now. What happened to your creative word? God says, I want you to trust. I want you to learn how to trust, not by seeing, but by what? Hearing. You remember the story of Abraham? God's word speaks. Abraham, you are going to be the father of a great nation. And man, wouldn't it have been nice if just right, right? But no, it appears that the, that the word of God has, it, it, it's, it is spoken, but then. So Abraham is now in his old age and, and he's going, huh, I don't know if I trust what I heard. And as a result, he goes in to another woman to bear another child that is not the promised child. He decided to take things into his own hands. He did not trust the word of God. The evolutionary process of God. I want you to think with me, beloved. Evolution is a counterfeit of something genuine. But it is not a counterfeit of creation. You're going to see as we go through this process just how much the devil has counterfeited a genuine process of salvation through the teaching of evolution. So, so Abraham is now 100 years old and, and he finally gets a child. But God, you said uh, a great nation. We're just on one promise child. And then God says, sacrifice that child. You see, uh, we go through the story and we find that by the time Abraham dies, uh, Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. So Abraham dies and he doesn't see the promise. Or how about the story of Jacob? You know, the prophecy is that Jacob would get the birthright. And, and what happens? Jacob, he, he understands or, or he gets the prophecy. He knows that he is supposed to be the child because his older brother obviously doesn't want it. And, 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 but he has a problem with the word of God, with the evolutionary process of God. Ooh, trust me guys, I tremble with you every time I say it. <laughs> because I don't want you to get the wrong picture. But what happens is that God has promised that something would come to pass. And, 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 and there uh, 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 Jacob is, he's saying, no, nah, I have to take things into my own hands. He doubted the word of God. And you know what happens? He eventually steals a birthright from, from his brother Esau. And then uh, he, he, uh, he's sent into exile. And uh, years later, he, God says, I, I want you to go back to the land. And as he's going back to the land, he meets up with his brother Esau. And there they wrestle. Almost a process of 14 years or more before Jacob finally realizes the promise. What was the Spirit of God trying to do? It was trying to teach these men faith. That's what the Spirit of God is trying to do with us. It's trying to teach us faith. How to depend upon the Word of God. How about Joseph? Joseph, your brothers are going to bow down before you. <laughs> but what happened? You, you know the story. It seemed like Joseph was thrust into total chaos. How in the world is God's Word going to come to pass in the midst of all 
this chaos. What does evolution teach? Order out of chaos over long periods of time. And beloved, what we can understand from this is despite the chaos that may be going on in your life, if God has given you a promise, I love those silent amens. <laughs> if God has given you a promise, we need to learn to have faith in God's genuine evolutionary process. You see, beloved, all the devil has done is he's taken a genuine truth that is spiritual in nature and, and manipulated it and applied it to the physical world. And then try to use that teaching to deny the God of existence. That's all he's done. So the word of God spoken, we should understand that when God speaks, despite the chaos that we are in, that we find ourselves in, that the spirit of God will lead us, will bring to fruition the word of God. As he has spoken it. The word delays to test our faith. Did you, did you hear that? The reason the word of God delays is to test our faith. In fact, it is the only medium whereby our faith can be strengthened. If God spoke and it happened, we would have no reason for what? Faith. But God speaks and he says, now sit back. Have faith in my word. And in between the time that it is spoken and the time that it finally comes to pass, that window of opportunity is the window through which the Spirit of God works on you to strengthen your faith. Are you with me? By the way, we're told in Revelation 14, 12, that in the last days, God's people will have the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now, what does that mean? The faith of Jesus. I want you to get this. When Jesus was on earth, what did he exercise? What part of the word of God did he exercise and demonstrate? Uh, when a blind man came to him, I'm blind. He says, okay, be healed. Boom! It was what? It was done. Right? The creative word of God, Jesus exercised that before his hearers. He spoke and it was done. Boom, boom, boom. He healed, it was done, it was done, it was done, it was done, it was done. When he asked his father something, no delay. It was done. Let me ask you a question. Where is the faith of Jesus most vividly demonstrated? Where? In his final hours of his life. Now, who can tell me why? I just want to see. I have a statement here that I'm going to read, but I just want to see. Remember, faith comes by what? Hearing, not seeing. So question, was there ever a place on the cross where Jesus, he had to depend upon what he heard because he could not depend upon his sight? Anyone know? When Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou what? Forsaken me. Ellen White tells us that Christ could not, let's see if you can say the word with me. Christ could not See through the portals of the tomb. He couldn't see. So he had to depend upon what he had heard. 
son, I'm going to raise you up. Not now, but in a while. Jesus, however, cannot what? See through the portals of the tomb. He must depend upon the word and not upon what he or cannot see. Beloved, if you want to have the faith of Jesus, you have to learn to depend upon the, the, the evolutionary process of God himself. And it is the Spirit of God that works on us in this window of time between the word spoken and the word what? Fulfilled. You'll remember, you'll remember that part of the evolutionary teaching is the concept that humans evolved from lower forms of life or that apes and man share a common ancestor. It's a counterfeit. Yep. Bible says that, uh, you know, it talks about man being like brute beasts. And it's not talking about, you know, you were an ape once. It talks about we used to act like animals. <laughs> that lower nature, that carnal nature. We act like beasts. But guess what happens? When God comes into the life, when the Spirit comes into the life, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creature. By the way, 2 Corinthians uh, tells us that it is by beholding that we what? That we evolve. Pastor, did you just say I evolve? <laughs> I said it, you evolve. You see, beloved, how many of you look just like Jesus right now? Raise your hand. You look just like Jesus. You reflect Jesus Christ perfectly. You look just like him. What's happening? When we are justified, what happens? Justification is the moment of, is, happens in, a, in an instant. Are you with me? As soon as we say, Lord, forgive me, you're forgiven, you're cleansed, and God says you're perfect in Christ. Amen? However, that's not the end of the plan of salvation. There is also what? Sanctification. And we are told that sanctification is the process long ages. <laughs> that the Lord changes the Spirit of God as we behold Christ. We become changed. Every day that we get up and we behold Christ, we become changed. We become better. We grow in His image. We grow in His likeness. How many of you look like you looked last year? Don't raise your hand. I'm not talking about physically. <laughs> I'm talking about a spiritual process of growth and recreation. You continue to grow. And the more you grow, the more you behold Christ, is the more you begin to look like Him. You are evolving. What I'm trying to tell you, beloved, is that evolution is a direct counterfeit to the plan of salvation. It is the Spirit of God's job to evolve you until you become a pure and clear reflection of Jesus Christ. What about the principle of adaptation? 
survival of the fittest. You know what fitness is? Fitness is one's ability to adapt to the environment. Can I tell you something? Beloved, you and I need to learn how to adapt to the word of God. Because as we learn to adapt to the word of God, it defines our fitness for the kingdom of heaven. And if we don't adapt to the, you know what Revolution says, those who don't adapt, they die off. In the very same way, beloved, as we learn to adapt to the word of God so that no matter what our situation or our circumstances are, the spirit of God living in us helps us to adapt to the word of God in any given situation. It doesn't matter what the devil brings at us. We learn to be conformed or transformed by the word of God. We learn what it means to, 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 to change. In a, you know, Joseph, think about the circumstances he was in. Joseph was a man who knew how to adapt every moment of his life to the word of God. And that was his fitness for the kingdom of heaven. You and I need to learn. That's what the Spirit of God is trying to do. It's trying to take us through this process where we are continually changing. Not being changed by the world, but being changed by the Word. God speaks, and then He tests our faith. Will you trust? Will you believe? Will you know? Will you understand? Will you have faith that when I have spoken, it will come to pass? And we can't do that of ourselves. That's why he gives us the spirit. It is a spirit. By beholding, we become changed. We are changed by his spirit. Until we begin to look and reflect the higher image of Jesus Christ. We are told test and trial will come to every soul that loves God. The Lord does not work a miracle to prevent this ordeal of trial, to shield his people from the temptations of Satan. If they are tempted severely, it is because circumstances have been so shaped by the apostasy of Satan that temptations are permitted in order that characters may be developed that will decide the fitness of the human family for the home in heaven. Characters that will stand through all the pressure of unfavorable circumstances in private and public life. Beloved, when we learn to adapt to the word of God, there is nothing that Satan can do that can cause us to adapt to this world. And finally, the thought that as long as life lasts, evolution will continue. We're told in Acts of the Apostles, page 560, sanctification is not the work of a moment, an hour, a day, but of a lifetime. It is not gained by a happy flight of feeling, but is the result of constantly dying to sin. And constantly living for Christ. Wrongs cannot be righted, nor reformations wrought in the character by feeble, intermittent efforts. It is only by long, can you repeat that word with me? <laughs> long, by long, persevering effort, sore discipline and stern conflict that we shall overcome. We know not one day how strong will be our conflict the next. So long as Satan reigns, we shall have self to subdue, besetting sins to overcome. So long as life shall last, there will be no stopping place, no point at which we can say, I have fully attained. Sanctification is the result of lifelong obedience. Now, beloved, let me, let me just uh, mention something here that you need to understand. Uh, uh, lifelong obedience or sanctification being the process of a lifetime doesn't mean that, you know, I started drinking alcohol today, but finally, after years and years and years of struggle, I've finally given it up. No, no, no. When God speaks, especially when it comes to sin, there is no delay in God's word. 
When God speaks, he says, look, I'm giving you victory over this thing right now. And according to your faith, according to your belief in the word of God, God's word will take effect right then and there. God never delays, never says, you know what, I think it's good that you drink a little bit more. And then I'll give you the victory. No, that never happens. But the fact is that sanctification is the process of a lifetime. So, t- so, so a year down the road, God will show you something in your life that you did not know was sin. That you didn't know was wrong. And, and, and immediately when he shows you that, you have the power by the grace of God to overcome that thing. Okay, so this is the process that we go through our entire life. And at every stage, God says, perfect. Why? Because we're living up to all the lights that we have. Amen? We're walking in the light of the truth. But that which we don't know we're doing wrong, and God says, hey, I want you to know. And we go, okay, got it. So throughout your whole life, you are being constantly reformed and shaped into the image of God. We are changing from what we were five years ago, ten years ago. We are not. How many of you are glad for that growth? Sanctification is a progressive work and has advanced from one stage of perfection to another. We can say praise God that when he speaks, his word comes to pass. Listen, when God makes a promise, you know, most of the times we mess up, it's because we didn't trust in God. God said, I'm going to bring you a wife. And then we marry someone God didn't tell us to. <laughs> you know, God says, I want you to be patient. I'm going to bring this path. I'm going to make that person bow before your, your feet and apologize. And we go do something to try to help the process. <laughs> we get in the way of God's promises. That's what I'm talking about. God's promises where he says, I will do this for you. But we look and we say, well, God, it's taking too long. It's because we fail to understand the evolutionary processes of God. And the devil takes those very processes and, 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 and applies them to physical things and comes up with the teaching of evolution. What we know is a falsehood of Satan. What we love about the Spirit of God, he's trying to teach us how to trust when God speaks, how to understand that God's word will come to pass. In the end of time, beloved, when, 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 when God has said, I will deliver you, and it seems like we're not going to be delivered, guess what? If you don't have the faith of Jesus, you're going to try to take things into your own hands. And when you try to take things into your own hands, that's where you mess up the picture. By the way, you know what prophecy is? God speaks. And over long periods, hey, you know what? Uh, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, they're all going to fall. And he sits down. <laughs> no, they're not. Do you want to know one of the reasons why prophecy builds faith in the three angels' messages? How when people are like, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in God, and then you show them the prophecy of Daniel, they suddenly go, oh, I believe now. It's because they see the power of God's word. What they're seeing is even though out of all this chaos, God is able to bring order and to order it exactly to his word. That's why Isaiah 55 says that my word shall not return unto me void, but it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. I'm, I'm speaking it. It's going to come to pass. And the more we learn by the spirit of God to trust in that word is the safer our lives will be. Because we're saying God has spoken it, and I'm not worried about it. He's going to bring it to pass. By the way, um, do you know when Abraham finally gets to see his promise? That promise of the great multitude? Where does he see it? 
in heaven. That was a long time. (laughs) That was a long time. But God, faithful to his word, brought it to pass. The Spirit of God is trying to teach us how to trust it. Even when death, which is the most chaotic thing that can happen, Even when death seems to get in the way of God's word, he's saying not even death. The most chaotic thing you can think of, not even death can stop my word, my promises from coming to pass. Now, here's what I love the most about this. this. So, when we get to heaven, how many of you when we get to heaven, God, you know, we get our new bodies, and uh, that's it. We're set. We're good. Done. Yeah? We are at the maximum of our potential. That's it. Woo! Heaven, new body, perfected mind, we're done. Guess what? Throughout all of eternity, we will be evolving. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Throughout all of eternity, watch this. You see, if Jesus and his death on the cross will be the science of our salvation throughout all what? Eternity. That means that every time we behold Christ, what happens? We become more and... Can you imagine becoming more and more like Christ throughout all eternity? Can you imagine how things, you know, when you take the fruit on the day one, you eat of the tree of life, man, this is the best fruit I've ever had. The second day, you, wait a minute, it just got better. (laughs) I thought it was the best yesterday, but today it is certainly the best. And then day three, God, Throughout all of eternity, we will ever be growing. You see, but remember, God is infinite. He is from everlasting to everlasting. So there's never a place in time where we're going to be like, okay, we have now gotten the full revelation of who... No! We will always be evolving spiritually higher and higher, deeper and deeper. What, what a thought. What a thought. And to think that the devil has taken this truth and counterfeited it in such a way as to attempt to deny the existence of God. Beloved, I want the Spirit of God to begin the work of changing me now. I want the Spirit of God to begin the work of making me more like Jesus Christ now. The process begins here. How many of you would like to be changed (laughs) and to continue to be changed? The change that will happen throughout all of eternity begins here and it begins by the Spirit of God In us, beholding Christ. Beloved, what a marvelous thought. What a marvelous thought. The devil is not genuine. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Anytime you see a counterfeit the devil brings up, ask yourself, what's the genuine? What's the genuine? Beloved, I hope in this presentation today you have learned. You have learned that God's word, you should trust it. That when God speaks, even if it seems like it's taking a long time for it to come to pass, it will come to pass. And it is that window of time that the Spirit of God comes in and works with us and says, Here, have faith. Have faith. 
Learn what it means to trust God. Have faith. Have faith. And when we learn to have that faith by beholding, we become changed. We, go, we grow into a likeness of Jesus Christ so that when he comes again, we will be able to see him, what? Face to face. Amen. I hope none of you have stones to throw at me. <laughs> you are so quiet. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've given this sermon once before, and I'm like, Lord, please, Help this sermon to go. Help no one to leave GY and say, Pastor Myers believes in evolution. I heard it with my own eyes. Please. (laughs) I beg of you. I beg of you. But all I can say again, beloved, is that it it is absolutely insane how Satan will take that which is genuine and totally flip it to war against God himself. I pray that it's our desire that we all will understand how the Spirit of God is seeking to change us and that we will cooperate with that change. Lord, help me to adapt to your word. Help me to trust even through these long ages or periods of time where it seems like you're not hearing me. Lord, help me. Help me to know what it means to be transformed from lower forms of life. Anybody ever experienced lower forms of life? (laughs) Lower forms of life to to life in your image, Lord. Help me to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you have taken the words I've spoken, Lord, and that you have made them to be understood in the way that you designed them to be understood. Lord, we thank you for the genuine process of salvation. We thank you for the fact that you desire to see us evolve from a lower form of lifestyle to living life in the image of Jesus Christ. Lord, transform us, renew us by your Spirit. And then, Lord, we look forward to the day when we will see you face to face. And we will experience throughout all eternity an ever-increasing knowledge of your goodness and your grace. One that will change us day by day into ever clearer reflections of your character. We thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources, visit us online at gycweb.org.